So Amy, I'm really excited to get started with this podcast. You and I have been talking about it for a long time. So hello and welcome to Embracing Diabetes, a podcast that explores the many different ways people are living with diabetes in the world. I'm Dr. Liz Stevens and Amy is going to be joining us. We came together in the summer of 2022, wanting to meet people who were involved in different projects, work, and creative endeavors, and learn more about them and how diabetes has impacted their journey. So Amy, tell me a little bit about yourself, about your diagnosis of diabetes and why you wanted to do a podcast. Hi, Liz. Yeah, this is very exciting. We have, like you said, we've been talking about this for a long time, and it was kind of one of those things that I thought, will this really happen or are we just talking? So here we go. I am just in the middle of a hurricane just ending in my state of South Carolina, but I live in Charleston and I work at the College of Charleston in communications. And I have three sons, two of who have gone off to college and I'm missing terribly. And thankfully one one is stuck here at home with his mother. So he's not that thrilled about it. Yeah. Should we get right into the diagnosis stories? Sure. So I, I'm always fascinated to hear other people's stories because it's one of those experiences. It's like giving birth. I mean, you just, you'll never forget it. And I remember it was October and I was 14 years old and I was a freshman brand new at a boarding school. So I had just moved away from home and was living at this boarding school and everything was fine for the first couple of weeks. And then I, I just remember being so thirsty. You know, that was the thing I remember the most is just this horrible, horrible thirst. And I remember getting up in the middle of the night and we had a bathroom just down the hall and going in there and weren't any cups in there. And I remember like sticking my head under the faucet and drinking. And and it was terrible because it was never, my thirst was never quenched. And I was so tired. I remember my my roommate, Trisha said to me, and again, this is, I've only been there for six weeks. My roommate, Trisha said, you know, all you do is sleep, Amy. And, And I was like, she's right. And then I started getting blurry vision. And that's when it scared me enough to go to the infirmary. And I went into the infirmary and this is the part that kills me. I spoke to the nurse there and and there were a bunch of kids. It was the fall. So everyone had a cold. There were a bunch of students in the infirmary coughing and sneezing. And she was, I could hear her talking about this cold that was going around. So it was my turn up at the desk. And I said, do you think uh, blurry vision is a symptom of this cold. And she was like, yeah, yes, that I'm sure it is. And, you know, wrote me a note to miss class and sent me on my way. And I was like, huh, I came back again. And I was like, you know, I don't remember if it was the same day or if it was another day, but I was like, something's not right. I'm, I feel really bad. And at the, at the time I didn't even realize, but I had lost 15 pounds. And as a freshman, 14 year old, I was tall. I didn't weigh a lot. So it was definitely noticeable. And so the head nurse, this makes me so mad still, the head nurse who had type one diabetes, she was the only other person on campus to have type one when she was in her sixties and she was a nurse. So her thinking was very different from my thinking, but she, I described all my symptoms 
And she called my mom and said, we think that your daughter is anorexic. And I was like, you know, and my mom, they lived an hour and a half away. And my mom just, she was like, Amy, no, no, that is not possible. And so she jumped in the car and drove to school. And she said she knew as soon as she walked into the infirmary and saw me, I was lying in a sick bed and she came close and smelled the sugar on my breath. And, and she knew because my younger sister, Erin, had been diagnosed six months previously. So she was, you know, she was just like, here we go again. And to this day, I'm convinced that my mom doesn't really like to admit it, but I'm convinced that my sister and I being diagnosed within six months of each other, she was 10, I was 14, that that pushed my parents' marriage over the edge. You know, they didn't, they got divorced not long after. And I can't, as a parent, I cannot imagine the stress yeah. of, of yeah. your two kids within the same year. And like, yeah, that was the biggest part of my memory was, was Lillian saying I had anorexia. Yeah. And, and, and mom coming to school. And then I went home and I had to go to the hospital and I made the decision somehow. I don't know why my parents let a 14 year old make this decision, but I went back to school and I don't know that I would allow my kid. I would have done that with my kids and yeah. that's a whole other story. But but yeah, I went back to school and just kind of figured stuff out through trial and error. And this was 1985, yeah. which is things were very different in 1985 right. now. Yeah. Yeah. So that's my story. Tell me yours. Yeah. So mine was, I was older for sure. So I was a, a second year medical student at Vanderbilt. And so I was on my pediatric rotation, as I recall, and had you know, very similar symptoms, like couldn't go from one place to the next without having to stop and drink and pee. And it was just sort of progressively interfering with my life. And the funny part had been my first year of medical school, I had had in one of our rotations, we had talked about what thing do you think you might get? And everyone worried about cancer and all this kind of stuff. And I was like, gosh, you know, I wonder if I could get diabetes. And I don't even know at the time, like, I didn't have anyone in my family, like my grandma had type two and stuff, but no one in my family had anything autoimmune. So I don't even know what made me think of that. But interestingly, I had an appendectomy early in my second year for, and I just had kind of a cup, a few health issues. And as I looked back at my records, I totally had high blood sugars mm. in around that time and, and no one had just really picked up on it. So anyway it had been smoldering for a while. And now that I'm thinking about it, it was probably my third year because I was doing PEDS. So I was doing clinical rotations, but whatever. So oh. just got sicker and sicker. And then eventually went into student health and they diagnosed it. And I got started on insulin and all of that kind of thing. And my mom flew out and helped me with it. But I mean, I was an adult, so I just kind of managed it on my own. But I just remember doing surgical rotations because I didn't take any time off. I just forged wow. ahead with the whole clinical work and which in hindsight, I've had that mentality for a long time. And I wonder how I would have maybe done it differently now being on the other side. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I didn't know any differently. So just having these low blood sugars, because, you know, at that point it was NPH and regular was all right. we had. 
And I would have these low blood sugars where I would basically, I remember being on my surgical rotation where you'd have to get up at like, you know, 4.30 in the morning and round on these people in the hospital. And I'd be sitting down and you're just sweating so profusely. Just you remember how those lows yeah. used to be like, oh my God, like you'd have to go change your clothes because yeah. everything would be French. wet. And yeah. student, my co-students would just be like, we'll take care of your stuff. Just deal with it. You had just woken up because your body sensed that you were low or something. Right. Oh no, I would be at work. I would be rounding in the hospital. Okay. Not like, when you're, oh my God. Yeah. Not a night, but it was just really, it was bad. It was hard. Yeah. yeah. So, we'll have to dedicate yeah. a whole podcast to, to crazy slash kind of funny in hindsight, low blood sugar stories. Yeah. I yeah, have some good ones. Yeah. yeah. So oh, anyway, what year was, was that? It was a journey. So this was 90, I think 92, Okay, 92. So this almost is my 30th a decade. year. Yeah, almost mm-hmm. a decade after me. But yet at that time, they started you on injections. Were they even talking about pumps then? I'm trying to remember. I don't think so. I certainly didn't consider it till much later. But actually, as I, I think I started on NPH and regular, but then quickly got transitioned to ultra lente. I don't know if you remember Oh, that I remember one. that. Because I, I was at, at Vanderbilt there when my endocrinologist was involved in the DCCT, which was this big uh, trial yeah. to look at outcomes in type ones. And so they were quite, felt like they were quite progressive with carb counting and exchanges yeah. and all of that crazy stuff. I remember trying to learn exchanges and being like, Ugh. oh my God, how do people do this? Oh my God. Protein. Oh my God. Yeah. I was just like, I still Whoa. have charts. Like I kept those folders. Uh-huh. I mean, it's crazy to think about now. I mean, I used to write down all of my blood sugars, what I was eating, how many carbs I was eating and whether I was exercising or not, but it just, I look back now and I just shake my head. I can't believe how different it is now, how right. much has changed. Yeah. And, that, and I'd yeah. be interested to hear, I think every guest that we bring on, we should ask them to tell their diagnosis stories because I'm curious to know what it's like for people now, if it's less scary for someone to get diagnosed now that there are so many tools and well, and you must see that in, mm-hmm. in your work, newly diagnosed people. Yeah. Yeah. It is very different. So much of the information now is available at your fingertips. It's not like a death sentence anymore. Yeah, no, it definitely isn't. And there's pros and cons to what you see online in terms of what people share and overshare and what their kind of lives are like with diabetes. Cause you see people with some things that are not so hot, obviously, and some things that are right. going well and very, very tight glucose control. And yeah. it's very different for sure. Yeah, but I'm, I'm fascinated. I love hearing the, the diagnosis stories. I think they're always yeah. fascinating. Yeah. Um, and how I think it informs your life and your, the choices that you make. Yeah. For me, it was a lot about like, it impacted my decisions about what I wanted to do with my career. Cause being a surgeon and delivering babies, it's hard to do that when you have diabetes because of the schedule that you don't really have a schedule or it's just so unpredictable. And it wasn't the decision that I couldn't do that, but that it would be really hard. Right. And I just thought, I'm not sure that would be how I would want to spend my time dealing with all that and dealing with all this. What else would be good? How about did that, if it did affect you in terms of your career at all? The, the, I was never very career driven. Ah. <laughs> I always, like, when I was like five years old, I 
knew that I wanted to be a writer and I didn't think about how I was going to make a living from being a writer. I just knew that's what I wanted to do. And so really, and then I I majored in art history in college, which what was I going to do with art history degree? But what I did look carefully at with different jobs was whether or not they provided insurance. I mean, that was that was the biggest thing for me because after I stayed on my parents as long as I could. And back then, again, it was like a bigger deal. It was like you, it was hard to get insured, I think, for us. And it, it felt like a big deal to me to make sure that if I left one job, I had to have another job lined up with insurance. My sister and I used to always joke about how the only thing that we couldn't do for a career was be a truck driver. Cause that's, that's what they used to say about when you had type one back then was that right. for whatever reason, you couldn't be a truck driver. Not that I would want to be, but nothing against being a truck driver or a pilot. Yeah. There right. Yeah. I think works, but, yeah. Or a deep sea diver or whatever. Yeah. Those were always things that you would just be kind of nervous about or but yeah. nowadays, I mean, things have changed a lot. Did you, this again, could be a conversation for another day, but did you ever feel overwhelmed by all of the information that you were learning about endocrinology and then managing, trying to figure out managing this new illness? Or was there any point in the beginning when you thought, I don't want to go down this field anymore? I'm sick of thinking about diabetes. It's funny. I never, I, I think a, a lot of this has to do. There's so much about your, my temperament. And mm-hmm. I never really found myself feeling that fearful or anxious about the information that I got. And I think that is a unique, just a unique thing about me. It's not good <laughs> or bad, but I never, it's funny. I never really felt overwhelmed or I was just felt like my situation was going to be my situation. I wonder if in your position, having the actual medical knowledge that you mm-hmm. had being right. in a medical environment if it was less scary for you because you knew what was true and what was not true. Exactly. Yeah. I think for me, the information was really power. And I think that's often what I try to have people try to advocate for themselves and to read online or read information that's helpful, of course, but because I do think understanding your own story and getting, being informed is really, really helpful. And you were, you had the knowledge to be able to choose a doctor that you knew was a right fit for you. I think that that must have made a difference. It does. Yeah. Or even, you know, like you and I, I mean, just for a lot of people, just creating community and finding people who can help to support and give you information that's helpful. Because I still, I mean, I, my sister has type one, but other than people like you, people I've met online, I don't know any people really in my close circle of friends that have Mm -hmm. type one and uh, maybe I'll spot somebody wearing a pod or a CGM or something and uh, as they walk by and that's always fun. But if you're not involved in the diabetes online community, I think it still must feel really isolating yes. and lonely. Yes. And that's what you and I had talked about. We want to somehow reach out to those people and just help them know that they're not alone. I think that is a huge part of my interest in doing this with you is just to create more community for people and maybe a unique subset to if our audience is potentially women, but it could be anyone living with diabetes who wants to hear more about people that are doing different things. 
We're so I think it'll be fun. And so to our listeners, our plan is to start off with one podcast a month, but we'll start with six podcasts and then we'll have one a month after that. And we will, in many of the episodes, we will have someone to interview the expert on whatever topic we're talking about. So we had, you and I had talked about a couple different topics that we thought would be interesting to listeners including depression and burnout and also hope for a cure. Yeah, menopause, hormonal changes. Is there disaster planning? I'm right. always a little anxious about that kind of stuff, but it would yeah, be probably true. worth talking about. Like, what do you need to have in a situation? A point. And you know what else I think people would want to hear that we can talk about ourselves is pregnancy and, and mm-hmm. having children. Because that was, again, I know a lot has changed, but that was a really big concern of mine when I was younger was that I wasn't going to be able to get pregnant, stay pregnant. Right. Well, so that's it for now. And we're excited to talk again. And we hope that everybody will come back. Thank you for listening. And if you are interested in listening to more, please subscribe and we'll talk to you soon.